US captain and Olympian Madison Hughes, and what a moment for the sport in North America. Oh, this is absolutely enormous for Rugby Sevens in the United States. It's a huge step forward, first of its kind, and for these players who are going to get to play today, a massive opportunity. The left counter is as scary as a dentist appointment, and she's in! Cummins throws a dummy on Champagne Rugby! These Olympians are not going to be outdone by each other. The headliners on the women's side, they're champs here in 2022. Perry Baker's side, the experts have come good as the men's champions. Hello and welcome to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. We're here to take you on the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, and the excitement that is Premier Rugby Sevens. The sports league taking over the US with some of the best athletes our sport had to offer. I'm Dallin Stanford, former USA Sevens player and current World Rugby commentator. And I'm Robin McDowell, former Canadian Sevens player and current international coach. Together, we'll bring you the latest PR Sevens news and talk with professional players and coaches involved in this brilliant league. Welcome to your new home for Sevens Rugby. What a thrill to be here talking all things Sevens, the most colourful game on the planet. Robin, we now have two podcasts together, the Rugby Hive and now the Rugby Roller Coaster. Great to have you here despite your fear of heights. Yeah, I'm so fired up. Nothing I love more than Sevens and this this new league exploding across North America has been a blast. And we themed it Roller Coaster because Sevens is like a roller coaster, literally for all the athletes on the field with seven on seven, a full-size field. For the coaches holding their heart on the sideline and obviously for the fans at the stands, it's the most exporting game in the world. It really is. And both you and I know the Premier Sevens so well. Since inception, you've been coaching the women's loonies, myself on the broadcasting side. So what can our listeners and viewers expect from this new podcast? Well, the format, pretty simple. We'll briefly spotlight the World Rugby 7 Series, then we'll showcase the PR7s here in North America. We'll connect with the key people at the Premier Rugby 7s organization. Plus, each episode, we'll chat with some of the brilliant players and coaches. Episode 1, we start with a bang, of course. Olympians Nia Tapp and Perry Baker will join us shortly. All right, let's start jumping in straight away. 7s World Series updates. Seven events for the women around the globe, 11 for the men. Number one team in the world for the women's side is New Zealand. They have won four gold medals out of five events. Australia second, USA third, and France fourth. Now, remember this year, the top four at the end of the season automatically qualify for the Paris Olympics in 2024. With France hosting, it means Ireland will join those top three sides. Epic for the game. Another competitive year. Canada, though, down eighth position. Two events remain in Hong Kong and Toulouse. Yeah, it's been really tight at the top. New Zealand, Australia is always butting heads. USA, though, how about those those American women this year? They've been very consistent. They're doing it for most of the season without the legend of Lev Kelter, but she's now back, fitter than ever, fresh off the 15s World Cup. And France is always always knocking on the door as well. So, And a number of these athletes, Dallin, have either played in the Premier Sevens and earned their way up, or some of those legends like Nia Tapper and Perry Baker have actually played with the Premier Sevens as well as current legends. So it's really special as we build towards the, the rest of the season with the Olympic qualifiers. Yeah, it really is. We look at the men's side, five different winners from the first five tournaments. Then New Zealand and Argentina struck back with a second win each. A blockbuster year there as well, which leaves the top four sides as New Zealand, Argentina, France, and Fiji. Of course, with France there being the host at the Paris Olympics, Australia could slide into that top four. USA have medaled twice, but they currently sit in ninth place, while Canada are 14th. They'll likely take on the relegation battle at the end of the season. And then, Robin, you had a great experience working with a legend, Ben Gollings, and his Fiji side. That must have been superb. 
Yeah, unfortunately, I brought the rain down with me in LA, uh, but we are indoors in Vancouver. Obviously, as a as a as a sevens madman, it's a dream come true to work with uh, the sevens best sevens teams in the world. And um, obviously, athletically, they're absolutely incredible athletes. They're incredibly coachable and humble as well. Like any little thing you send their way, they appreciate it. Uh, working alongside the the legend Villalami Satala, the stretcher. Big Bill and, uh, of course, uh, the, the legend himself, Ben Gullings. Again, they just made me feel so welcome. But just being in amongst that team off the field, Dallin, you just can't explain it. Like in North America, we try and build a culture in sports. They just have that culture. They all sing songs. They all have have their lot to, which is their prayers twice a day before games, after games. And the level of connection they have is incredible. Really inspiring for me. Lots of takeaways. And we're hoping to have a couple of Fijians in the PR7s down the road. Yeah, we can't wait to see the big names that get signed. You know, let's let's hit that. Okay, so season three, Premier Rugby Sevens is here. Tremendous to see the expansion, not only in terms of tournaments, but number of teams taking part. So first off, now we have eight franchises playing. Yeah, we've expanded from four last year to eight. The year, the first year there, we had uh, one stop. Last year, we had three stops. Everybody went to all three stops. So this year, expanding equal men and women. So the league essentially has 16 teams, eight men, eight women. Uh, we're going to have two conference, though. So there's going to be two stops in the East, Allen, two stops in the West. And the top two will play in their conference final that will go through to the final in the first week of August, which is really exciting. Uh, in the Western Conference features the SoCal Loggerheads, the Rocky Mountain Experts, the Northern Loonies, and the Golden State Retrievers. Uh, in the East, you have the Southern Headliners, Texas team, New York locals, and the Pittsburgh Steel Toes. The one cool thing for this league as well, Dallas, is equal pay, equal resources for both men and women. And for both of us that have been on the World Series as players, coaches, commentators, you know, when one team arrives at the World Series, there's sometimes disparity between the teams, what the haves and the have-nots have based on their country's resources at that time. Whereas this league, the league owns all the teams. So every every athlete has all the kit, is well-fed, well well looked after on and off the field. And that's the thing that I really love about the premier sevens yeah and as you mentioned the expansion you know with three tumors last year now five festival events coming up people obviously can go to pr7s.com get your tickets uh the events will take place as early as june 17th in austin texas at the uh, q2 stadium and then we go to minneapolis minnesota uh, on saturday june 24th california for san jose paypal park july 15th that's the western conference final Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania will host the Eastern Conference Final July 23 at Highmark Stadium. And then details for the series championship where the best teams will be on August 6 will be released soon. Uh, and there's so much on the go, Robin, as you mentioned. We've seen talent ID camps, youth clinics, and open trials across the country. You've been involved with some of those as well. Yeah, last year we had uh, four or five uh, ID camps across the U.S. We had one in Canada. This year there's been, I think, over 10 so far. There's a few more coming up here. And then uh, across Canada with the Northern Loonies. So this year it's themed. So last year I ran a league-specific one. This year it's themed uh, to our region, obviously up in northern northern country here. It's called the Northern Loonies. So we got three camps. April 1st in Montreal, Quebec. So pretty cool to take it to central eastern Canada. Then we're coming all the way back to the west coast, just north of you, Dallin, to have one at the University of Victoria, close to our national training center. And then we're going to finish up at the end of uh end of April here in on the prairies in in uh, beautiful Edmonton, Alberta. Well, that's brilliant. And then of course, another big news outside of the players side of things are the coaches. 32 coaches announced they work with these 16 teams, former internationals from six different countries, Olympians, the King of Sevens was Sally Serevi. It's fantastic, I think, to have such a diverse group of people coaching and bringing that IQ back to the game uh, to develop the rugby here in North America. 
Yeah, I got to give credit to our general man- manager, Mike Tolkien, former USA 15s coach and the former USA women's Eagles sevens coach, Richie Walker. They've done a class job off field, off season, working the phones, and uh, they've, they've put together some of the top minds across North America and the world in sevens. All right. Now, the big question is, you have a tattoo after the Loonies won the inaugural season. You're getting another tattoo if things go well. No, but I, I've uh, I've uh, selected my my one of my good buddies and, and one of the best coaches in Canada, Brett Canterberg. So here's the deal. The, the staff and the athletes going forward when we win championships, I've already got the tattoo. It's their turn to step up. I like it. I like it. Delegating. All right, pal. Listen, that's enough from us. Let's get straight into our two brilliant guests. It's Sleek Sensations, Nia Tapper and Perry Baker. Seven sensation, Olympia Naya Tapper. Naya, more electric than a power plant. Thanks for joining us on the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, well, let's get right into it. What a brilliant season it's been for the US Eagles as you look to finish top four in the series with automatic qualification for Paris in 2024. Can you tell us a bit about that progress on the field? You've milled every single time four bronze medals and a silver from five events. Yeah, I mean, it's been a very fulfilling and relieving past couple of months. Uh, We went into this season again, wanting to qualify for the Olympics. And so what we've been doing is kind of focusing one tournament at a time and not getting too ahead of ourselves. And with that mentality, we've been able to um, be successful. So that's how we want to continue the rest of the season. And hopefully at the end of it, we get the outcome that we've been working towards. Brilliant. Well, on behalf of the Canadian rugby community, I just want to thank the USA women for continuing to finish the top four. So we, our women have a fighting chance to come in through the back door. So thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I, you know, having been involved in North American teams for the past four or five years, I've gone from like this Canada USA battle to like, let's be successful together as a North American rugby community. And, and that's why we're here is really to talk about you uh, stars as well as the premier seven. So you're the first and, and only USA player to score over hundred tries on the HSBC world seven series. What a remarkable accomplishment, Naya. And what has it been like playing for the U S and being able to shine so bright all over the world for your country? It's been a grateful experience, um, especially not knowing all that the sport and specifically the sport in the U.S. could provide for me as a player, but also as a human being. It's been a growing environment, a long seven years of constantly finding, trying to find ways to get better or being suggested ways to get better and taking those in and implementing those. Through that journey, it's been able to take me to a lot of beautiful countries, allow me to meet a lot of amazing people, network, but also like just become a better human being mentally and physically, which I'm really grateful for. Um, And also grateful to have a position in the sport where I'm I'm able to grow it more in the U.S., which has been, which has become a big passion of mine. Yeah, and you've done a brilliant job with that over the years. Uh, Let's rewind it back. Let's go back to your first international try. Can you, can you remember the moment? Can you take us through it when you scored? What was going through your mind? So my first international tour was in Sao Paulo, Brazil in 2016. And leading up to the first game I was able to play in, I hadn't played much throughout that tour. And so as games went on and I still hadn't played yet, the anxiety started to build up of like, when am I going to go in? The nervousness started to build up of if I do go in, go in, am I going to do good? Because I was still in a position where I was still trying to prove to my teammates and to the coaching staff that I belong there in a sense. 
the first game that I was brought into was against Spain and it was kind of towards the end of the tournament. The weather wasn't that great. And I'm just like, okay, this does not sound like the buildup that I was looking for, but I took it as it was and um, made the best out of it and ended up scoring my first touch of the ball, which was really like um, emotional and like a, a kind of stamp in the rugby world of, hey, I belong here. I'm not just this fast player, like I'm an actual rugby player. And I received a lot of acceptance in that moment after that try um, from my teammates, which I think was the most important thing for me. Because at the end of the day, yes, you have the coaches and the staff, but on the field, it's just you and your teammates. And so that was a really special moment for me and probably one of the moments that I've been very emotional outwardly. And so I like to tap into um, that moment every now and then when I do seem to be getting a little bit too hard or not enjoying the game as much as um, I should be. So that was a special moment for me. Well, there's nothing pretty about being a champion, as we know, in behind the scenes or nothing easy about the World Series. So I, I can relate to that. What advice did you receive at that time from a coach or mentor or teammate, which really helped you at that point in your life? From my sports psychologist, I think the biggest advice or learnings that I got from him was to focus on the things that I can control and let go of the things that I can't. And in sevens, it's very unpredictable. You're on a team where there's 12 other players on tour. And at the end of the day, all you can control is yourself as an individual and hope that it seeps into others in a positive manner. So that's kind of how I've been going about life and going about the rugby rugby world in order to keep a cool head and perform how I need to in order to have the success that we want. Yeah, great, great advice indeed. Um, and you mentioned about traveling around and seeing new cultures and people. Uh, what would be, you know, your favorite country you visited through rugby and why? I want to say it would either be Australia or Dubai. Australia, because it's very similar to Cali in terms of the weather, the chill vibes, the beach vibes, and the stadium is always packed and has a good um, rugby environment there. And very similar with Dubai, um, it's it's a different type of culture. It's a different experience, which I'm always looking forward to. And rugby is huge out there. In my opinion, it's one of the most packed um, rugby tournaments on the series. So that that's a reason why that's one of my favorites as well. And over the years, who's the most famous person you've met? Um, let me think about this. Not on tour, but at the Olympics, we were able to meet some of the NBA and WNBA players. And so I was able to meet or like just be around like Sue Bird. Uh, and I was actually able to have a conversation with Kevin Durant, which was really cool. And mind you, I'm not a big sports watcher. I'm not a big basketball fan, but I know the caliber of those athletes and what how much hard work they put in to be here, especially with all that media attention, how hard that can be. So I admire them for that stuff. So it was really cool to meet those players. Oh, that's awesome. Now let's go right back to the beginning. How and when did you get into rugby? So I got into rugby my first year of college. They had a club team and I kind of started missing the competitive side of sports after I decided to stop running track and field. And so I thought that doing rugby would be something fun, not too time consuming and would allow me to make friends. And so that's how I ended up getting onto the team. They had a tryout and, you know, in club sports, a lot of times, as long as you go and try out, you'll make the team. <laughs> so I did make the team and kind of from there, my love and um, success in the sport grew. 
Well, I bet you carved it up as well. You're, you're being very modest now. First touch you scored on the international stage. I bet you rounded a few park cars in the day there. <laughs> yeah, I did have a lot of success. Mainly, I, I want to credit it to my track and field background. Being as fast as I am at the size as I am gave me um, some physical advantages in college and even now today. How gassed were you when you scored your first try? <laughs> <laughs> don't even remember. I feel like back then I had a lot more energy because I was mainly playing 15. So it's a lot less running. All they told me to do was don't go into the middle of the field, stay on the outside, wait for the ball to come and then just run. And so back then when I didn't really know what I was doing, it seemed easier. I was younger, so I had a little more metabolism in me. Now with sevens, it's a lot more space. The girls are faster. The girls are bigger. And I'm involved a lot more in the totality of the game so it's a lot more tiring than back then i probably was just running tries like it was nothing back then well you still are from what i can see just as well just living that tour life any embarrassing stories what are some good stories from you on tour and good memories of of some funny naya loopers one night we were in i want to say itakishu japan and we on the last night went and did karaoke and I can't remember what song I sung, but there's definitely a video of it that everybody definitely had a good time um, videotaping and bringing up over the past five years. So that was probably one of the experiences where it wasn't embarrassing to me, but maybe <laughs> for somebody else it would have. But that was like one of the fun moments that I'll never forget. I'll, if it's embarrassing, I probably try to put it in the back of my head, but that's I don't get embarrassed too often, so. Yeah, we'll try. We'll try get that tape. What song was it? May we ask? Did you sing? Where it goes? Ah, yeah. Say you can't remember. What is that song? Classic, classic. Yeah. I, I don't know any titles. You know the I know, lyrics. I know that. I know the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Disco, disco. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, switching gears. Let's go to the inaugural Premier Rugby Sevens event, Memphis, Tennessee, back in 2021. What was your experience like playing and being a part of that event? Coming from uh, an environment where it was kind of your job and there's stress around that, there's um, performance expectancies around that, it's a tough environment to be in. Um, going from that environment to the PR7s environment where you're not only around um, players from national teams, but also players who this is kind of their first opportunity to show what they're capable of. So you have a lot of different perspectives around you, a lot of different energies, people from all over the country, so different cultures and things like that. It was a ball for me. I had such a good time. It reminded me kind of that rugby can be fun and that I really do love the sport and what it's creating for not only myself, but other people around the world. It was an opportunity to like connect with people who watch you on tournaments and things like that and kind of show like you're human just like them and that the same thing you're doing, they could be doing um, in a year or two. Yeah, and another layer is like the walk, some of the walk-on players that first year, obviously working with the Loonies women, but we had some walk-on players from Oklahoma and Missouri playing alongside 11 and NFFSC against players like you. So for them, it was surreal. And for us, it just made it that much more special. Yeah. As a multi-sport athlete, Naya, how exciting is, is it for you as an American to see Premier Sevens exploding across North America for athletes, having ID camps, like they can literally live the dream. They can literally play beside you and play against you as we head into season three with equal pay, eight franchises, four expansions, East and West Conference with a championship final. Like, what does that mean for you as a, as a real uh, modern day pioneer for the game? 
it's showing that the sport is growing, which again, it was a passion of mine. So to see it being brought into fruition and being done so well and giving so many opportunities, not only for professional athletes to have other outlets to be able to play and make money, but also for um, the up and coming um, to be able to have those same opportunities for it to be equal across, across the board in terms of pay for men and women. I think PR7s is just doing incredible things and taking large steps in order to make rugby one of the namesake sports in the U.S., similar to basketball, volleyball, soccer. So I'm very grateful that you guys are putting this together and continually making it better and better each year. Well, we're grateful to have players like yourself, you know, to carry it forward. And uh, we want to give you an opportunity as well on the pod here. Anything you want to promote? I know you've got a busy background there with all the great rugby memorabilia, but uh, how can folks stay connected with you as well? Um, so the ladies and the men are getting ready to head to Hong Kong. So any support we can get in terms of tuning into that and cheering us on from afar. Um, Peacock TV is much appreciated. A lot of us will put up game time. So just keep an eye out for that on our social media platforms. I also have a scholarship um, paired with the On Back Rugby team in San Diego called the Nye Tapper Scholarship that provides financial um, assistance to some of the youth rugby players that are looking to play for the On Back um, Youth Rugby Club. And so that helps them with their kit, that helps them with their dues and those things so that they're able to take advantage of sports, specifically rugby at a young age, which will help with the growth of the sport in the US. And so um, if you head to my Instagram and go to my league tree, you can donate to that to be able to assist in helping those youth out with that. And then I also have my Nye on Fire merch. I don't know if you can see it. Yes, we can. <laughs> yeah, I have that in my link tree as well at my website where you can purchase on my um, Instagram, on my Facebook, and also on the website, any Nye on Fire merch of your liking. Amazing. I'll bring my Nye on Fire kit to Hong Kong. We'll see you there. I need to get an autograph there. Uh, Nye, thanks so much for your yeah. time for, for joining us for everything you do. Really, it's remarkable. No problem. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. USA 7 sensation Olympian Perry Baker, known as the speed stick. Bakes, you've got more steps in the Great Wall of China. Thanks for joining the Rugby 7s roller coaster. My man, man. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I love when you commentate, man. It never, it's never a miss. Oh, I appreciate that, my friend. And listen, the one thing I forgot to mention when commentating is that you and I actually played together probably a decade ago. We won the Cancun 7s in Mexico with Tiger yeah. Rugby. And I, Bakes, I'll never forget it. I, I'd only met you for one time. You were electric. Basically, we would do what we could to get through. We couldn't get through. We'd dish it off to you. 95-meter run, you'd score every time. It was electric. <laughs> it was fun playing with you, man. I couldn't wait because I heard so much about you. Paul had pumped you up so much. And I saw the skills. I'm like, okay, so this is what it takes to play at the next level. Got to have some oh. type of skill. Be savvy. Perry, was he wearing the gloves, though? Did he have the gloves <laughs> he on? Did. He did. He actually <laughs> did have the gloves on. He actually this did. Guys, cut this guy's cut to hit, Delete this recording. <laughs> Oh, you shot. All right, Bakes, let's get right into it. I want to say uh, personally and obviously on the world stage, congratulations. 250 tries on the World Series. Unbelievable feat. Third highest try score of all time. Let's take you back. 2014, your debut Gold Coast Sevens. Talk a bit about that journey from that first try you scored all the way through to your 250th. Uh, what comes to mind, buddy? Oh, man. Just first of all, just like the the, the hard work that it took for me to get there, you know, and like coming up through Tiger and then making it to the the national team. I mean, it's sacrifice after sacrifice and dedication, you know, and then to finally actually get there. I mean, it was just unreal, you know, like 
to look back at the try that World Rugby posted, it was like I it was I was thinking I scored against Portugal, but to see that was Argentina, I was like, wow, that was my first try. And I was like, man, like think about how long ago that was and being in Gold Coast, man. It was just unreal, man, to just be there with my boys who was there from the beginning with me, you know. So and then to like fast forward now to where we are now, like it's amazing, man, how that many tries on this World Series. Like it didn't hit me until after the fact, like, wow, 250? Like, man, that's a lot of tries on this World Series. Like, just being able to compete to put up that many tries against a series that changes so much and is so powerful. So it's just a blessing, man. It just hats off to my teammates for and my coaches for putting me in these situations to be able to score. Yeah, well, listen, uh, Robin and I are still about 245 tries shy of that mark that you got to. So uh, we got a bit of time left. <laughs> it's probably easier for us to remember our, our tries than, than you, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, congr massive congratulations, Perry. And uh, obviously, you got a lot to look back on. But what were your all-time favorite try over the years? Or what few special tries that, that mean most to you? So one on that sticks out the most is the one that uh, tied up the game against New Zealand, I want to say in Dubai, because um, that was our first time ever beating New Zealand. Madison hit a great corner kick to, to actually win, but that was our first time ever beating New Zealand. That was the only team on the circuit that USA had never beat before. So to do that, to like have that that try to like give us that go-ahead to either to win was amazing. And then the other one was that stands out big to me was when I scored my 200th try, and that was in L.A. With, uh, I would never forget it, man. It was just like I'm running down the sideline and my friends and my family, my wife and kids, everyone's on that sideline as I'm going into the try line. So that was really sweet, man. Uh, Perry, and listen, you've, you've avoided this next question like Homer Simpson does to his salad. In a 100-meter race on the field with cleats on yeah. in the full 100 meters, would you have beaten Carl and Isles at any point in your career? I have to say when I was a lot younger, man, like between that 24 to 27 age range, I was a lot faster. So I'll probably say at some point in there, I remember when I first went to the national team and, and practiced against Carlin. And I went back and told my boys after the fact, I'm like, oh, this dude is super fast. Like I actually had to like lay out to get him out of bounds. And it's all about angles, but I tried to give him the go because I always want to test people's speed to see if I can get there, how fast they really are. And man, like, I went back, and I said, this one I was with the Pittsburgh Power 2 playing arena football. I went back and I told my boys, yo, this dude is fast. Like, I can't give him the go-ahead to go because I won't catch him. So, but I just say back in uh, my prime with 24, 27 age, we could, I could have given him a run. Well, I think we should tee it up. We'll wait, we'll wait till he hits his 30s or, or mid-30s <laughs> and we'll, we'll tee it up. Um, <laughs> and over the years, obviously, you've been, you've been on tour for a while here, but which would be your best teammates and uh, which ones you're close with and would you consider your better friends these days? Oh, man, I've become close with a lot of the boys. Uh, every once in a blue moon, man, I always send a text message out to the boys from Garrett Bender to Kevin Swerin, um, Danny Barrett. Growing a relationship with those dudes was here because, like, with Danny Barrett, we, like, bumped heads a little bit, but then we got to understand it. Like, it was like a brother kind of deal. Like, you know how you argue with your brothers here and there, but you'll always be brothers. So Danny and I had that relationship where it's like, hey, no matter what, I got your back and I got your back kind of deal. So over the time, though, I, like I've always had a relationship with Carlin, like from the beginning, like before I even got here. Um, Zach Tess, Kayvon Williams. And me and Kayvon just hit off so much because he's married, have wife and kids, same here. So we relate a lot. And uh, just for him, like the journey that he took to get to the national team. So quite a few boys I'm kind of close with that I chat to here and there randomly.
And Danny Barrett, I remember him smashing the guitar at the Memphis tournament for the PR7s. The guy is uh, super energy, you know? Um, okay, advice that you received from a coach or mentor that you would that helped you at some point in your career? Um, I would go, ooh. One of the huge ones that rings a bell with me that stands out a lot is uh, Argentina coach, Coach Santi. Um, he sent me a message uh, when I broke my fibula and dislocated my ankle. He sent me a message. I was devastated for for, for, for a huge reason is because I thought I was done with the Olympics, which was my whole goal. And then the other thing, I thought like my career was going to be done from an injury. And um, I just got a message from him that sent me a DM. was just like, hey, man, there's only two things you can control. And that's your effort and attitude. And that right there just changed everything for me. It just changed the mindset, you know. It's like for, 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 from a guy like that who I played, his team, I played against those guys so much. And for him to – to shoot me that message, you know, it just meant a lot to me, you know, to know I have people in my corner like him. So it just changed the switch for me and had me to just have that drive to let's go. Let's go make it happen. A big piece of rugby, uh, Perry, is just the travel and and getting like the World Series is a traveling show. And now the Premier Seven is a traveling show across North America. I love it as a Canadian, get the duck into all these cool cities like Memphis and rip around on scooters. For you on the World Series, like which are some of your favorite countries that you've enjoyed in rugby and why? Oh, so two of them. Um, so one would be uh, Cape Town. I love Cape Town. It's so beautiful. So much to do. It's just so like laid back. And I, I just love everything about Cape Town. Like you want to go do something, you can go on top of the mountain. If you want to go to the beach, you can go to the beach. There's so many different beaches to see. The food's good. I just love everything about Cape Town. Like um, the other one would be uh, Hong Kong. I just love the atmosphere playing in Hong Kong. And so many, so many shops and stuff to do around. I just like being in different cultures around the world. And uh, those two stand out huge to me. Now, this is a tough question. Who's the most famous person you met outside of Dallas Stanford? Ooh, that's a tough one there. Uh, most famous person I met, I'll say Terrell Owens. And I say Terrell Owens for the simple fact when I was coming through college, like he was somebody that I idolized a lot. Like I wanted to mow my game around him. Uh, Chad Ochocinco, Deshaun Jackson, and I got to meet Terrell Owen. So I'll say him, man. Just watching him play football in the NFL was like, as dude was unreal. So coming through college, that's all I idolized was him. Like wanting to play like Terrell, just be that, be a savage. Oh, that's so great. I bet he's watching your highlight reels as well, you know. So <laughs> pr- pr- pretty good, you know. Okay, let's get on to the inaugural Premier Rugby Sevens event. You played in it in 2021. Uh, tell us a bit about your experience, you know, joining this kind of new tournament when it launched. I mean, this is cool because the simple fact, we don't have rugby in the States like this, you know. And, and to get this professional league started where you can watch it at regular hours where we're up on this side of the town, it was, it was fun to be a part of, you know. And it was just so laid back where – Actually, it took me back to a club, actually, because you played these games, like, so quick, such a turnaround, you know, like four or five games, like, in a day, you know. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. They had the talent out there. So I just, looking on the upside of it, I just hope it sticks around and steady and continue to grow. It was definitely a quick turnaround and for us that made it to the cup final. Obviously, you with the uh, with the experts and, uh, and us with the Loonies women. But, like, I, I kind of got in trouble from the league. Because I I went in, went and snuck a uh, an ice bath cooler. I got kind of denied because we have these COVID regulations and 
and went and hit it in the girl's shower. And then I, I got the girls in there and stole a bunch of ice. And uh, cause I knew our girls needed temperature to 11 to get to cool down. And then, yeah. and then, uh, and then I had uh, Mike Tolkien come up to me like, where's that ice bucket? I was getting in trouble. And he's like, Perry Baker needs it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then it was all good. The franchise, uh, the franchise got to look after those, uh, those legs. But uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was obviously exciting in the first round. And, and going forward, obviously, it's uh, three games a day for player welfare. But, uh, you know, big, big thing for me, Perry, and across North America, as a guy that grew up playing hockey, baseball, soccer, everything in Canada, and obviously for you, football, athletics, probably everything as a kid, most North American athletes uh, that are rugby players have transitioned their crossover athletes, which is great. So for multi-sport athletes, how is it exciting is it for you to see the premier sevens league explode across North America for athletes with so many ID camps and so many opportunities. And now the expansion of four new franchises to eight for season three. I mean, you just hit it on the head, man. When you said opportunities, you know, and, and rugby is a huge opportunity, man. Like I always tell people all the time, like it's not a person I've met that have watched rugby for the first time or has played rugby for for the first time that hasn't fell in love with it, you know, and I just feel like the opportunities are, is the sky's the limit for it, you know, and I think it's just another way to give kids something to do that they would enjoy. And uh, like, like for me, like rugby's taking me around the world. I've never dreamed of going to any, some, a lot of these places that I've been, you know, and uh, I, I just think it, I, I'm blessed and i just so um, happy that I was able to, find this great game, you know, and what they're taking over in the States now, I feel like it's just more opportunities for these kids to go play and just enjoy themselves. Well, Perry, we're lucky that uh, the game found you as well. So uh, it's uh, it's a bit of back and forth, you know. Okay, so something I always, we like to ask, any embarrassing stories, you know, while on tour or just in the regular life of, of Perry Baker? Well, um, on tour, I'm pretty sure someone could come up with something for me, but uh, I'll say one of them was when I had a, I got a motorcycle. I want to say back in 2017, maybe I bought a motorcycle, and I was leaving my at the time my girlfriend's house. I was leaving her house, and um, it was kind of raining outside. I was like, wanted to, like do like a little Papa Willie, like a speed bump, and uh, I let the clutch go and give it a little gas. And next thing you know, I fish tailing and boom, sliding down the road. Here I am, and uh, I get to my house and she meets me there and then she's like, I'm laughing. She's like, what's so funny? What's so funny? And I don't want to tell her that I just, I just wiped out on my motorcycle, you know? So I end up, and this was right before I was going to, uh, this was like the week prior of going to, uh, in uh, Wellington, New Zealand. So I had like this big bruise on my hip and I tell her, I was like, I just uh, wiped out on my motorcycle. She's like, what the heck? I'm like, yeah, I didn't tell her how I did it though. But here I am trying to pop a wheelie going across a little speed bump and boom, fishtail on out of there. And Perry, didn't you also almost wipe out at the Premier Rugby Sevens? You were on a scooter as well. Yeah, you know how I did that though. No, I, I was riding with one hand. I'm trying to look behind me to see where the vans are. Next thing I know, I hit a bump. Whoop! I to, <laughs> almost went overboard. <laughs> okay, now now they they have been banned since that year. Okay, now we know why. Okay, Bakes, <laughs> Bakes, last couple for you. What does the future look like for yourself? Paris Olympics coming up. What's going to happen after that as well? Uh, so the future is to make it to Paris 2020, 2024, I'm sorry, and uh, medal. And then after that, I want to uh, I want to branch off to be to coach and hopefully lead a team into 2028, 20, 2032, and uh, medal there. Um, so that's what the future is looking like for me. I have some other stuff stored on the side, too, that I'm working with you guys, you know, uh, non-contact 
kind of deal sport and uh so just keep your eyes open and, and uh ears open to uh see what this great thing we have coming for you guys fun wait buddy well from my side it's so great to have a have such an icon that is so exciting and you get kids off their seat and want to play and also you're doing a lot of grassroots across the usa which for me again just just hit it's been heart and, um, you know, you have so much star power, but you really care and you're using the sport for positive things. And you're such a great ambassador for USA rugby for the world series. And, and obviously the premier sevens, I guess, lastly, any brands or items you'd like to promote while we have you on here? Of course. I like to, uh, promote my brand, Perry Baker, uh, Perry Baker gear, you know, it's the gear to give you the grit and never quit. Oh, I love the slogan too. That's great. Okay. Oh, so yeah. We'll send you our address so we can get uh, get some of that merch going as well, Bakes. And then um, what comes to mind when we say to you, welcome to the Rugby Sevens roller coaster? Whew. I guess I can say what hits me that what comes to mind is that is um, just three tournaments ago, we we're sitting in third place and now we're sitting in ninth, three tournaments later, which is crazy how much the, the series has changed so much. And that's just rugby, period. So how you just, how it changed, everything just changed drastically. Like I remember like before COVID hit, the series was and then you come back out and it's a brand new series like what is going on it's just always up and down always changing but it's, it's so fun it's so exciting though that's what makes rugby so fun you know because now it's like we're sitting in ninth it's like we're fighting to get back in that top four you know so we can see what happens like i believe it's going to come down all the way to the to the last series you know of uh the last stop rather to see what happens with this top four. So that's what's making the game so exciting, though, you know? It's just how, how much everything has changed. It's really a roller coaster ride. Roller coaster ride, you get on, enjoy them. Boom, there it is. Mic drop, Perry Baker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. Visit pr7s.com to buy tickets to the five tournaments in 2023. Austin, Texas, June 17th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, June 24th. San Jose, California, July 15th. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July 23rd. And the PR7s Championship on August 6th. Connect with us on social media at PR7s and watch any of the previous tournaments on the Premier Rugby 7s YouTube channel. See you next time, you sleek sensations. <laughs>